and welcome to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and I'm sitting here with my very sweet furry friend, Nala, our six-month-old German Shepherd, almost six months. And I am watching the sunrise over Peanut Island in West Palm Beach area. Um, I, we are at Riviera Beach Marina, and we are very happy to be here to be anywhere on our boat right now because the reality is we thought we were gonna lose her completely. We thought we were gonna lose it all. I just finally got us pretty much settled back in yesterday. My family and I worked all day to move our stuff back in from having evacuated because of Hurricane Matthew. Hurricane Matthew was predicted to hit West Palm Beach directly, head on, and we, as a category four hurricane, it was going to be. And so we were pretty much prepared for, I don't know, you can't prepare for the worst, but we did what we could to take what we could off the boat. We had some things at a friend's house and the rest we took in our minivan with our three kids. And we had our dog, Nala, was with our babysitter Miss Allie, and they stayed in this area. So um, that wasn't really the plan. She thought she was going to go to her landlord's house inland about an hour, and it didn't turn out to be the case. So that was part of the very big stress of what uh, was really one of the most stressful times for my family after having moved on to the boat almost four months ago now. I think we're on day 115, as I'm recording this, of this adventure, being full-time full on the boat, although a good part of the beginning of that was spent traveling and with visitors. So um, we've really been fully on the boat for about a month and a half, I want to say, and we love it. We haven't sailed yet, like as far as going down the chain of islands like I envision. Um, and you can listen to past episodes about that, but basically my daughter is a competitive gymnast um, and we are letting her finish out her season here uh, at Palm Beach Gymnastics because the coach is Steve Nuno and also Philip Garcia and Mark, I don't know Mark's last name, but uh, the, uh, a group of coaches and Steve Nuno is known for having coached Shannon Miller, the Olympian, and he currently has an Olympic hopeful, actually two. One of them is Emily Gaskins. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they end up going. Uh, basically, he has two elite gymnasts, and because of that, my daughter is really thriving at this gym. So we're gonna let her finish out her season, which started in September, and right now, I'm recording this on, uh, what is this, October 9th. So, um, yeah, this is where we are, and we like this spot, we like this marina, we like the gym, and uh, yet, obviously, we're eager to sail, um, but we can't, we, we, uh, we're waiting. We're going to wait till probably the beginning of December. But this week, we started seeing indications early this week that the hurricane was headed straight for us and it wasn't going to be good. 
So we got what we could off the boat. We looked for a place that we could take the boat to a more safe harbor, but there really wasn't a lot, there weren't a lot of options because we live on a 45-foot sailing catamaran, and because it's a catamaran and because it's a sailboat, uh, that limits where we, where we can go. We can't just pull up to any slip and, and um, you know, cross-tide uh, as best we can. We actually are very wide. Our boat is 26 feet wide, and our, we're very tall. Our mast is 75 feet tall. So we don't, um, we don't fit in a lot of places, and we called all kinds of marinas and all kinds of different potential um, hurricane harbors, safe harbors, and none of them could accommodate us. So we ended up having to stay here in the West Palm Beach, in the Riviera Beach Marina. Um, and we, once, it, it started getting really scary as time uh, got closer and closer to when the hurricane was going to hit. And we realized we had to stay, we had to leave the boat. Um, we decided to cross tie it across the channel because if you know anything about catamarans, especially the wide, wider, bigger ones, um, you usually are at any marina, you're placed on what is called the T-head, which is the end or the end dock um, because you can't fit into a regular slip. And so you're right on the end, which means only one side of your boat has something to tie to. And usually that's perfectly fine, no problem, but obviously when you're gonna have a, a storm surge, which means the ocean rises or the water level rises tremendously, um, if you're gonna have a storm surge or crazy winds or anything like that, then um, you don't want, you definitely don't wanna be on the end. You wanna be cross-tied to another dock. Well, we have, I'm looking in front of me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 um, slips that are on the other side of us. So basically, if we cross tie across the channel, then we block in 12 other slips. So we at first thought we weren't gonna be able to do that because people were gonna need to come in and out. Well, once the wind starts kicking up and the waves, you start to realize there's no way anyone's getting in and out of here after a certain point once the storm hits. So we talked to the marina and we talked to the other boaters. All of them had already left except for two and they were both sailboats, one without a mast in front of us and one just uh, over here on my port side, which is my left as I face the bow. And they were not going anywhere. They were gonna just tie to their docks and um, hope for the best. So we, at that point, this was I'm trying to think of what day this was. This was Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Um, I'm recording this on a Sunday. So just Thursday, we tied our boat, and we, there's another catamaran, catamaran bigger than ours directly behind us that um, was, is also on the T-head. And so my husband worked for, I, it, it was hours and hours, probably seven hours to, and... Our babysitter, Allie, worked her butt off, and um, one of the dock hands, Erin, also. And then my daughter helped. But basically, well, one of my daughters and my son and I were packing our stuff inside the boat 
the other people were securing the boat as best they could to the far dock across the channel. So it, we had to obviously buy lots and lots and lots of rope to be able to reach way across the channel. I wish I knew the distance, but I don't. Um, it's at least two boat lengths because we always go through this channel. So let's say at least 50 feet, probably 75 feet is my guess, across the channel. Um, and so we cross-tied across the channel, plus we pulled the boat off our current dock about 10 feet, which required obviously long lines for that too. And then we cross crisscross-tied to the boat behind us. So it was kind of like a spider web, and our two catamarans were in the middle of that spider web. Still, with all that preparation, we were absolutely sure there was no way we were going to have a boat to come back to. Um, we've seen way too many um, aftermath photos of what happens during a hurricane or after a hurricane, um, especially to boats. And we just did not expect we would have anything to come back to. The boat, the marina is a floating, it has floating docks. And what that means is the entire um, dock and the boats attached to the dock rise with the water. So some, some docks, like a, a concrete um, dock or pier, would just be fixed and the boats are the only thing that move. But with a floating dock, it's nice because you don't feel the motion as much, I think. Um, and so generally, it's, we really like having a floating dock. And I guess with a hurricane, you really, there's no good scenario. Um, and so we have these pylons, or I don't know, these, yeah, like pylons, like big um, <sighs> pylons. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but um, like poles, like a big pole that is maybe 10 feet tall. Um, that holds that the, the floating dock is um, floats up and down along this this pole these poles and so as long as you don't the water doesn't rise above that you might be able to just you know if you can withstand the wind and the waves you might be okay but with what the reports were is if the hurricane hit us directly that the storm surge, which again is rising the water level, um, is bringing the water level up, that, that was predicted to be 10 to 15 feet. Well, there's no way that we would have survived. So we gathered what we could, and I said to my, my kids, I said, okay, guys, we have to take only what are, is our most precious treasures, like our special stuff off the boat, and the rest we're gonna have to leave because we really only had a day and a half to prepare, and it's a lot, it's obviously a lot of work to evacuate and to prepare the boat at the same time. So my daughter Ahava said, but mommy, everything we have on the boat is precious and special because, oh listen, you can hear the, the cruise ship just came in. I don't know if you can hear that. I love the sounds up here. I'm sitting at the helm area, the bench seat up at the helm, which is basically our third level. We have like a three-level boat, if you will. And uh, up here, you can see the sun rise and all the activity and a nice breeze. Um, 
which I really don't know is if it's bad for recording or not. I'll find out after I record all this. Um, but back to what I was saying, uh, Ahava said, but mommy, everything we have on the boat is special because we just married, and we already got rid of everything that we didn't love. Only things that spark joy are on the boat. Now, that's not exactly true because you tend to accumulate things still even after you go through this KonMari process. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you definitely need to go back and listen to some previous episodes because I uh, did a whole section about our family's downsizing um, in order to move on to the boat. And so it is true that we tried to only bring things that spark joy. And I would say out of this whole boat, about 80% of the things we had on board, were, I mean, as far as personal belongings, um, were things we would not want to part with if we could help it. So we were working very hard to gather our things. It was really, um, it was very interesting to watch how each kid handled the stress and also how we handled the stress. I think that's the biggest lesson every time we um, do anything now living on this boat and probably in life, but you notice it's very, very pronounced Uh, very profoundly um, when you're on a boat because you're in tight quarters, you have scenarios come up like hurricane preps that are um, immediate and need full attention of the entire crew, meaning your whole family, and you're trying to handle the situation at hand but also interact with your kids in a way that helps them not to be fearful and to um, get the job done in an efficient way, right? So it was so many layers of, of emotion and overwhelm, and each kid handled it completely differently. Um, Ziva does not want to talk about anything that has to do with potential disaster. She didn't want to talk about it at all. She was very upset when we brought it up at dinner. It was like Wednesday night, and we're like, okay, Um, well, I guess it was Tuesday night when we really started talking about, okay, this is what's going on. Um, we really need to talk about how we're going to approach this uh, situation because um, what happens if a hurricane hits and what, you know, what we're going to do. Well, Ziva didn't want to talk about that at all. She just wanted to change the subject, was very upset that we kept trying to bring it up. Um, So that was how she handled it. And the good news is we figured out pretty early on that she is better off if she has a clear objective, a clear task. So she worked with Nathan to work on securing the lines and worked with Allie. And uh, they worked to, to um, get the boat, the exterior of the boat, ready. Uh, so that was how we handled Ziva. And she did really well until we until we were done and then the meltdowns happened, like heading to the hotel and in the hotel once we were done with the preps. Um, the other one that was kind of interesting or difficult, the one that was the most difficult was Samuel, I think, because he, he just, well, first of all, he said he didn't care if the boat was um, shattered into a million pieces or something like that, he said, um, because then he could go back to New Mexico and play with his friends. And we're like, no, that's, I, I, I think we don't need to lose everything in order for that to happen. 
but uh, but during the actual preps, he didn't really want to help. He wanted to be in the way. He started. He's been. He's five, by the way, and he's testing out like what happens if he behaves like the class clown, and what happens if he behaves like a pouty, you know, demanding pain in the butt. So like he's trying all these different scenarios, and needless to say, they're exasperating, especially when we're trying to get things done. Um, I hate, just absolutely hate, using electronics as a babysitter. But considering that our babysitter, we needed her physical muscle and um, just, you know, strength and and, uh, level-headedness to get the boat ready, um, we really did, we were not able to fully focus on Samuel like I like to do. Um, And so, luckily, because we just we started homeschooling um, I decided to try out a new reading program that my uh, one of my, my uh, daughter's teammates moms turned us on to um, called reading eggs and reading eggs basically is um, an early reading app that that was re- what, what I really liked about it is that it helped communicate it like spoke to him and helped him understand the instructions um, because a lot of the apps, they have potential, but they don't explain to the kid what, what is expected of them. And so it requires my constant involvement. And while that's great when, I, when it's a school day and one of us adults are able to work with the, um, with the kid directly, but there are times when you have three kids that you can't give one of them or two of them or sometimes any of them um, direct attention that they need in order to... Um, really spell out the instructions. So because of that, I, we deci- I decided to try this Reading Eggs app, and it was great. It kept Samuel busy for hours. And again, I don't love that that was what we did, but it was the safest way because with all the moving parts, you know, the boat moving and, and trying to secure lines and everybody having to handle so many different things, it was actually better for everyone that he was kind of vegging out on the computer. Um, the other part that had to be done is we had to strap down our, um, we had to strap down all the, anything that could fly away, anything that could catch the wind um, and cause damage, we had to um, secure. So uh, we, Allie spent a long time tying down ropes and um, strapping things down. And one of the things that needed to be secured was the, the sail and all the lines going up the mast. Um, well, there's only one way to do that, and that's to climb the mast. So I took my rock climbing gear, and I climbed up the mast with the help of my husband and the, um, I think it's called a winch, an electric winch, and um, some very sturdy ropes, and he just basically... Um, pulled me up the mast, and then I tied the, I secured the line with a thin line all the way up and down the mast. It was pretty scary to be up there, but I was glad that I don't have the fear of heights that Nathan does or uh, Ziva does, because I was able to really get the job done. I felt like I really made a difference when it came to that part of it, Um, because I don't know if you've ever listened to a sailboat, but if you're, if lines are free, you'll hear it whacking against things whack 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 and 
while that's annoying generally, it's really dangerous when it comes to high-speed winds. So we secured the boat, we got everything going. Oh, and then let me finish with my, my third kid. Um, so Ahava's, um, Ahava was kind of very stressed. Uh, she was trying to gather her special things, and it was taking a really, really, really long time. Um, and she doesn't have that much, but I felt like she was kind of paralyzed with fear of losing things, and she was expressing that in a very aggressive way, mad at all of us, and, you know, not, not cooperating. And, and that was frustrating, because she's our oldest, and we wanted, obviously, her to help, but we also, I also wanted to give her the time to uh, gather her things so that she didn't feel like we rushed her and she forgot some very special thing. And when I spe say special treasures, Things like, I mean, first of all, we left our home in New Mexico and got rid of a lot of stuff. So um, that was challenging enough. But then the, there's like things that are irreplaceable from Nathan's mom who passed away, mom and dad. And, um, you know, so Grandma Ann's special things that, that she bought for the, the kids or gave to them, um, those kinds of things. And for Ziva, it was the stuffed animals. She didn't want to get rid of those. So, you know, there was just so many things that um, Ahava wanted to, to make sure she didn't forget anything. And she was feeling a lot of pressure. And we, it was a very high-tension situation. Just prepping the boat was very tense. And so um, when tensions run high, Nathan and Ahava tend to um, kind of rub, um, rub each other the wrong way because... Um, he, he gets frustrated with her and he's focused on trying to get the job done and he wants her to be helpful and she kind of moves in the other, other direction, kind of goes into herself, which, you know, we're all different, but in the circumstance it was, it was difficult and frustrating. Um, and I'm only telling you guys this because I want you to realize that everybody handles this something so stressful very differently and none of them are wrong. But if you're going through or if you've gone through something like this and you're wondering why your child is behaving a certain way or some, maybe a member of your crew if you don't have kids, why, why people are doing certain things, you have to take a step back and realize they all process it differently. And if you can keep your wits about you and not attack when somebody's not doing what you feel like they should be doing, um, you'll come out much better for it on the other side. Uh, I feel like this was a very bonding experience, not one that we would have wished on anyone, certainly not ourselves, um, but because we had to handle the task at hand and try to um, manage everything as gracefully as possible, I feel like that um, gave us a chance to really learn about what we were made of and how we can help each other to traverse um, a scary situation. I'm watching, by the way, the cruise ship is still disembarking, but there's a big tanker truck, a tanker truck, tanker, um, I guess tanker is the only word, um, boat, ship, coming in called the Tropic Jade, and it's because the port of Palm Beach is right in front of me, and they come in and they offload their cargo, and then they head back to wherever they're going to go pick up some more stuff. So. Um, and the sun is peeking out over Peanut Island now, and it's uh, just a gorgeous morning.